this morning. A little bit of different spot from being down there up here. But as you know, our senior pastor's daughter is getting married this afternoon. And can you imagine that? Can you imagine preach and then go do that? I don't think his mind would be um, in too good a shape, but I'm glad that I was. in your bulletin, the passage I want us to look at, and not just study verse by verse, but have it be the springboard to a topic this morning called the sovereignty of God. I want to read that, and then we'll have a prayer, and we'll take a look at it based on the outline on the other side of your, your page. Daniel chapter 4, verses 28. Let us remember that this is the very word of the living God. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power, as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom. Still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of Heaven. For all his works are right, and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. By the way, when someone once said, or asked the question, absolutely nothing. <laughs> However, I hope to prove that wrong this morning. But I want to ask another question, a good question to begin to help us understand this subject before us called the sovereignty of God. And that question is, for each one of us to ask, do you know how to make God laugh? The answer is, tell him your plan. 
That's right. And you know it's true. It's happened to you. It's happened to me. It's happened to everyone who's ever lived. No matter if they're the king of Babylon or the king of England. In 1902, Edward VII became king of England. He was the oldest son of Queen Victoria, who had reigned for a long time. And this fellow was almost 60. And he was so um, excited about being king that he planned this elaborate coronation service and ceremony and banquet. And he sent out invitations not only to the royal family, but to all of his close friends. And he said, please come to my coronation, which is today, June the 26th. Serious Christians um, for decades have practiced when they planned something or sent an invitation out. They would say it, it's going to be on June the 26th, 1902, and then they put the two letters D, B, D period, B period. And that stood for two Latin words, Deo Volente, which translated into English means God willing. Thank you. 
and this tree was set off into the wilderness. Smallest you can get, he rules 
smallest to the greatest of all the galaxies in the universe and everything in between. He is in control of all those things. He not only created all things, he sustains all things. That passage that Luke read in Colossians 1 speaks about Christ the Son. He not only all things were created for him, and in him all things hold together. We don't believe like Thomas Jefferson and others who call themselves theists that God created the world like a watchmaker, and then he wound it up, and then he walked away, and he's a passive observer. No, it means that God is in control of all that he created. It means that God does not operate on the philosophy of, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. It means he is on the throne of the whole universe, and he is working all things after the counsel of his will. This is what Paul says in Ephesians 1. He's working all things after the counsel of his will. It means that nothing takes God by surprise. His sovereignty applies to all of his other attributes, fits perfectly together, as all of his attributes do. His grace is sovereign. His power is sovereign. He's sovereign in the exercise of his mercy and his love and all of his attributes. Where do we see it? We see it everywhere. We see it in each person of the Trinity. That's very important. Um, You can go Old Testament and New Testament. But one of the best places to see the sovereignty of God spoken of by himself to Job is in the last part of Job, Job 38, 39, and 40, where Job has been pretty faithful all the way through this difficult affliction that God allowed Satan to put upon him. But toward the end, because of Job's friend's bad influence on him, kept saying, well, Job, the only reason you've got this affliction is you've done something wrong and God's just paying you back. That was bad advice, incorrect and false. So he's starting to bother Job, and he's beginning to complain to God. He said, God, this, this ain't right what you've done to me. I mean, Job 38, God speaks to Job, and he says, Job, you're up the walls. You're not having my love anymore. He says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And he asked all these questions. He says, who set its measurements since you know? Who enclosed the sea with doors when first and forth it went out from the womb? When I made a cloud, it sprung, and in thick darkness it sprung into being. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? You hear one through Boy Scouts, you know about these constellations. Orion. Job's, God speaks and says, Can you loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth a constellation in its season and guide the bear with her satellites? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds so that an abundance of water may cover you? You can say, make it rain. In other words, he's showing Job, I'm the one in charge. I know what I'm doing. You trust me. Do you know the time when mountain goats give birth? Is it by your understanding that the hawk soars, stretching its wings toward the south? Is it at your command that the eagle mounts up and makes his nest on high? Well, Job lightly responded. see in Psalm, in the Psalms, particularly Psalm 2, 
there, the psalmist says, the wicked, that even rage, the wicked kings rise up against the Lord and his anointed. God sits in his heavens and laughs. And he mocks them. And we see So see in Scripture the sovereignty of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. In that passage in John chapter 3, where Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, and he tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus could not figure out what in the world that means. Why? Need to get back in my mother's womb and come back out again? And Jesus says, no, you must be born of water and the Spirit. still can't figure it out. He says, the Spirit is like the wind. You don't know where he is coming from or where he is going. It's that way with all who are born of the Spirit. All the Spirit 
says in Romans 9, verse 18, he says, I'll have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will pardon whom I have pardoned. And you've got to ask the question right there, well, does the sovereignty of God negate or diminish human responsibility? And the scriptural answer is no, it does not. We see those two things juxtaposed with each other, even in the same verse, many times. Think about this one, where Jesus is talking about Matthew 25,000 and John 6. He says, all that the Father brings me shall come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will no wise cast out. All that the Father gives me shall come to me. God is sovereign in salvation. But the one who comes to me, I will no way cast out. If you want to know if you're right with God, if you want to know you're a child of God, you just answer the question, have I come to Jesus? Have I come and asked him to sins and rested in him for my salvation. If you've come, then the Father has come to you. See how they work together. And God is sovereign not only in our salvation, in our circumstances, he's sovereign over all evil that is suffering. The scripture is clear. choices in the Christian life, we can make bad choices. 
Yeah. 